Hey, I'm JB. And I'm Doug. And, and we, we are your Kraken Captains. Welcome to another episode of the Kraken Captains podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Well, Doug, uh, let's tell the listeners what today's episode is about. All right, well, here it is. Today we're going to talk about a couple more players on the roster. One kid with a hometown connection and hopefully a new fan favorite, Alexander True. And a man who may possibly be the leader in the clubhouse and could be sporting the sea on his chest in October, Mike Giordano. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll also talk about the goalie room and how it's rounding out. Uh, and then we'll touch on some important dates moving forward because we're getting closer and closer to the start of the season. That's great, JB. Let me just grab my Blackberry so I can start marking these dates down. Okay, I'm ready. Let's dive into it. Getting into it. The Maelstrom, the Maelstrom, Maelstrom, the Maelstrom. Okay, we've made it. We're here in the Maelstrom. Kick it off, Doug, and give the people what they want. All right. We're going to start talking about my man Alexander True who I got to see back in 2014-2015 season with the Seattle Thunderbirds at the Accesso Showwear Center and he played with some great players there like Matt Barzal. He scored 40 regular season points with the Seattle Thunderbirds in the 2016-2017 season. He had 22 points in the playoffs that same season including the overtime goal that brought the Seattle Thunderbirds their first championship in that series against the Regina Pats. Outstanding. And he hasn't been back to Showwear Center in Kent since playing for the Thunderbirds. But he will be playing with the Kraken against the Calgary Flames in a preseason game scheduled for October 2nd, 2021, which is right around the corner. And there, he will lay eyes on the banner hanging in the rafters with his name on it for the first time, reminding him what his purpose was then and what his purpose is right now in Lord Stanley's Cup. What do you think, JB? Oh, man, so cool to have that hometown connection and to get that win. Um, I, I think it's it's an amazing story for him to be able to come back here. And uh, I think it's also worth mentioning, like you said, that he's going to be in that stadium Side of right wing coming with his drop. Fairy shots here. Rebound for two. Shot. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Alexander Drew has just won the Teamers their first ever Western Hockey League championship in overtime. Final score Seattle four, the Pats three. Teamer Nation, go ahead. Pump up the volume. Oh, oh that's, my. you know, I mean, set what a moment. What do you think? You know? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's what we're hoping for this uh, late spring, right. To just that energy. You can, I mean, I, I got chills again. It's so mm. you can just feel it, you know, mm. in the announcer's voice. So that's what a cool moment for him. Uh, and God, I hope that there's a ton of those, you know, for the Kraken, you know, with, with him for the Kraken. Absolutely. I look back on the roster for some of those T-Bird teams that he played on in those couple years, and they were just a stacked team. They had so many good players. 
they're gonna like I said, they're gonna play there as in the as a preseason game October second. That's a really that's small ice compared to what Climate Pledge Arena is gonna be like. But he did he's played uh what did we say eighteen games for the San Jose Sharks in the twenty twenty season and the twenty nineteen season. So he's got some NHL experience. He's got five assists in the NHL so far. And I mean, as you can see, with an overtime game winner, that's for the for the championship game for the Thunderbirds. It's going to be electric. He's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, you you keep working and you move up, right? So he's at a new challenge, but I think he proved um, that it wasn't too big for him in in uh, with the Thunderbirds, and I I think he'll just keep working at it. So I'm excited. Yeah, um, he's got a wicked wrister. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'd love to see it. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he kind of fits in during training camp, what line he ends up on and, uh, um, and what he ends up doing, but I'm excited. So welcome to the team, Alexander true. And that can't beat that hometown connection. Right. Absolutely. Right. JB. All right. Let's talk about my man, Mark Giordano. He was born in uh, October 3rd, 1983 in Toronto, Quebec, Canada. Um, so he's about to have himself a birthday. In fact, the day after the game we're going to be at is his birthday. So hopefully Alexander True can score the game-winning goal and give Mark Giordano an awesome birthday present. Wish him um, a happy birthday. Yeah, so he's going to be 38 this season. Um, he's a left-handed defenseman, 15 years under his belt, with the, all with the Calgary Flames. Um, so, yeah, 15 years uh, of experience all with the flames uh, he's been the captain of that team since the 13-14 season after Jerome uh, Aginla was traded in the middle of the previous season he's played 949 games uh, scored 143 goals and 366 assists for 509 points uh, which if this was baseball he'd be in the 500 club uh, so <laughs> but uh uh, that's a heck of a career. Uh, so a career. if everything goes to plan, uh, he, he's going to cross a thousand game barrier this season. So a thousand games. So if you've played a thousand games uh, in the NHL, you're doing something right. He won the Norse trophy as the NFL's best defenseman in 1819, a season where he scored 74 points. So that wasn't that long ago um that he's putting up those um points i think he was the i don't remember but he was one of like so many very few defensemen to score 60 plus points after the age of 35 um i wish i had that stat in front of me but there it is um so he's he's a leader he's a, a vet i think with a lot left in the tank he knows what to do uh and where to be and when to be there you know, if he's slowing down at all, I think uh, he's at the point in his career where his experience and savvy is going to more than make up for any perceived drop off in play. Uh, so I think he's got a ton of good years left him. I, I really like uh, his style. Uh, I really like his play. I just, I really like the guy. He went undrafted um, and he worked his way onto Calgary's roster. Uh, playing seven games in his first season and 48 the next season. And the really cool thing, I think, for me, one of the great parts of the story is the, the season after that, they didn't kind of offer him the contract 
that he wanted um, and what he thought he was worth. And he said, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to go play in Russia, you know, in a different league. And, uh, you know, he could have offended him or whatever. They could have moved on from him. But after that season, Calgary brought him back. Um, and so the rest, as I kind of say, is history. So to me, he's a leader, um, not just because of his age. He works hard. He earns people's trust and respect um, through his actions. And I think he's the type of leader that the Kraken want. Um, he'll be a wealth of knowledge uh, for not only the young defensemen, but all these young guys on the team. Um, so I, we kind of said it in the beginning and I'll say it again. I think he's the leader in the clubhouse. I think he's going to be the captain of this team. And I think the brass, um, that's what they envisioned when they were putting their picks together in this, um, expansion draft. They obviously, you know, not going to just hand it to them, but when they were putting everything together, I think they were thinking, this is the, the captain, this is the leader of the team. This is the guy we grabbed. So uh, I don't know. What do you think, Doug? Maybe think, you've got another I think, idea. I think the man has integrity. And so, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see somebody like that wearing the captain's sweater on your team, right? And with with the amount of games and points that he has in his career, I don't think that you could have a better pick, especially when, you know, like like you said, he's he's earned it. So you know, hard work, integrity, it sounds like the right choice to me. Yeah. I mean, the, they're going to make that decision and I'm sure there's other people, you know, who have the skill and everything like that. But I just think, you know, everything feels to me like that's how it's coming together. And yeah. For um, the inaugural season, right. Yeah. He might have, he might have another couple in him. Maybe he's got, you know, he could be Yaramir Yager and be 55 out there still still sporting the sea for all I know yeah but, yeah but you know to get him to get him going that's a, a great pick I agree I uh I am really looking forward to uh watching them play and and uh how he leads the team you know so welcome that preseason game against the Calgary Flames his his the team he was with all those years i know yeah It'd be bittersweet and it's it his birthday the next day oh man yeah for yeah. sure that's a lot. oh god that's well we'll see take in do you think there's anybody else who um could you know challenge for the captain the seat challenge for the uh... oh boy i don't know yeah, it's so hard. I mean, everybody's new, right? You'd have so to look at the roster again and go through it. I mean, I like we've got some good veterans on there. You know, Yanni Gord, like we talked about him last week, or he's yeah, he's a good one. There's there's a few other ones I know, but Eberle. You know, I mean, I think yeah, Jordan Eberle would be a great pick for captain too. Yep. But no, I think you know Giordano is the right pick. Yeah. At least until he decides he would like to retire. <laughs> you're it yeah you're it till you're dead or till we yeah. find somebody better yeah so you, you decide to replace yourself with someone yeah there you go that's usually how that works i think but maybe not who knows well we'll see maybe it'll be a goaltender that's possible too you could always throw the c on a goaltender's jersey because sweater pardon me a <clears throat> goaltender's sweater sweater because you know, they're almost like the natural captain of the team in any situation. 
The goaltender is who holds it down for the whole team and every game, you know, from the beginning of the season to the end. From the very first puck drop to the very last shootout, the goaltender is always the one who's the rock, you know, got to be solid for everybody. So it's never a bad choice. Well, speaking of goaltenders, you couldn't go wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, let's talk about the goalies. Um, Kind of, Rounding out the room, you know, we're getting closer to the start of training camp. Um, and I think, you know, they're filling out the roster um, with guys. So uh, they just went out and got another goaltender, Anton Bibu. Um, so well more, well more French for me to practice. But there you go. Uh, so I think we got quite the room. We've got Grubauer, of course. Chris Dreiger, um, Joey Decord, uh, who we got in the uh, expansion draft. And then, uh, of course, Vitek Vanacek, you know, was jettisoned back to the Capitals. So that's your room. Uh, Grubauer, Dreiger, Joey Decord, and now this Antoine Bibou. Antoine Bibou. So, I wonder uh, what made them decide to pick him, JB. You know, I think he's a great prospect. I think at this point, when you're looking at a guy like this, um, you're, I think one, you're looking for like a camp body, you know, it's very common. Um, But also you're looking to develop people. I mean, that's kind of what training camp's all about. So um, they see something in them, uh, uh, you know, they've seen some, some play um, from him, you know, in his previous stops um that i think they want to bring him in and see what he can looking do looking at and... the bench looking at the bench it looks like he would only be playing if someone else was injured or ill or couldn't play for whatever other reason right we but, gonna... but it's you know darn good experience well and who knows you know maybe like they give him a two-way contract and he goes and plays in uh, you know in carolina right for the checkers or something um, so I think, you know, that's part of filling out that room and getting that camp body. So you have enough goaltenders cycle through and, and all that stuff. But I think, you know, maybe, obviously maybe they grind through, you know, getting into postseason, and some of the other goaltenders are worn out and need a break. And he comes in and gets a few wins for the team and puts us into you know, the playoffs, you, yeah, I mean, playoffs or whatever, Anything you, you don't know. And, and you can never have enough goalies. Right. You know, that's right. So you gotta have, uh, I think, like I said, it's a good opportunity for the staff to get a look at him and say, Oh yeah, that's a guy, you know, we have, we have, you know, our top two, Chris Dreidger, I think who, you know, before they knew they were getting Grubauer, I do think they legitimately, obviously they were looking for somebody, but they thought, well, you know, we can take Dreiger and see how it goes, but uh, you got Grubauer and Dreiger. And then I think you got to have at least one other guy to kind of fill in and who you never know who's going to get injured. So definitely want to bring in this new guy, Beeble, and uh, check some, him out. Got some depth, got some depth on that bench for sure. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's move on. I think, um, I think we need to talk about some, some very important dates. Uh, very as we've important been... dates. It's going to be date night. So uh, 
yeah, as we get closer and closer to the season, these are the important things that we want you guys to be aware of. So, um, Doug, take it away. Here we go. Starting with training camp starts on September 23rd at the Community Iceplex. Yeah, and that's uh, Northgate, the facility. That's the one in Northgate. That just opened. Brand new Iceplex. September 26th, first preseason game against the Canucks. That's a big one. Yeah, that's the first opportunity you're going to get to take a look at these guys, right? That's absolutely right. And then we've got uh, October 12th. That's the very first game of the season. Um, And that's in Vegas against the Golden Knights. So put on your Sinatra shoes and get out there. Drink some Jack Daniels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it's you. Hey, yeah. Go to Vegas. If you can go to Vegas, what a heck of a way to like start it off. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Do it in style. And then um, plenty of reasons to go to Vegas, but seeing the very first Seattle Kraken game is high on that list for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, the uh, first game at Climate Pledge Arena, a.k.a. the The Greenhouse. greenhouse. That's October 23rd. Uh, Home opener at the Greenhouse, baby. That's right. October 23rd. We'll see you there. I'll be there, JB will be there, and you will be there. Let me ask you this one question, though, JB. Where are the preseason games going to be held? Okay, I got you covered right here. So, like we said, September 26th, that's going to be the Kraken versus the Canucks. That one's in Spokane, so you can get out there if you like. Uh, Maybe spend the weekend. Then you've got the 28th of September um, against the Oilers. Um, but that's at Edmonton, so that's a that's a jaunt. Um, then the very next day, September 29th, they're playing the Calgary Flames in Calgary. So, you know, if you go to that Edmonton one, maybe you work your way across Canada, you know, just following them. Like Wouldn't a it roadie. be nice to take a ride out to Spokane and then straight up to Edmonton, over to Calgary, and right back down into Everett? There you go. And that's October 1st. Uh, Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett we're playing the Oilers uh, and then the second like we said we're playing the Calgary Flames and that's at the Showware Center in Kent um, so we will see you there look for uh, number 77 Davy Jones section 106 um, section 106 come find us and then the last game is October 5th uh, versus the Canucks so if you're feeling froggy, just head up to BC and uh, you can catch that last game. And then you're just waiting. Um, what is it? Seven days. It's a week from that game, that first game in Vegas. So there you go. That's very exciting. One more thing we have to tell you about is that if you're going to try to go to any of these games, you must prove that you've been vaccinated. So you got to have a vaccination card or the, the Vax passport on your phone or whatever you got going on to show them so that you can get in. And yep. I'm pretty sure masks are going to be uh, mandatory. You are correct. I did read that masks are going to be mandatory as well. Um, so uh, they change it. So it's inside crowds over 500. So that's going to be um, cracking games for sure. So bring I your mask. That some of these, some of these, you know, games like, 
some of them are in Canada, so I don't even know what the rules are up there, but I'm sure they're more strict than they are here about it all. They have been through the whole pandemic, and so you can expect to see the rules be uh, fairly strict to get into these games because of the pandemic and coronavirus, and make sure you know what the arenas are expecting so that they don't turn you away at the door. That would be very sad. Yeah, we, we do not want to see that, and that's why we... We want to let you know. So now you know. And it's uh, it's the greenhouse policy as well. So it's not just, um, you know, cracking games. It's concerts and everything like that. So um, just be aware of that. And oh, if you're going to see Coldplay. If you're, if you're going to open with Coldplay. You know, honestly, when you say it like that, it kind of makes sense. Because then the Kraken are going to play the next day. when And ice is cold. And so, eh, I'm okay with it plenty of shows we'll get we'll get plenty of hard rock in there but uh that's it for the maelstrom that's the important stuff so uh we we got you covered this week so uh hopefully we'll get to see you at the games what's cracking in the community what is cracking in doug well jb let me just tell you what's cracking in Kraken Community Iceplex had their grand opening on September 10th. And so now there's three sheets of ice open to the public in the Northgate, what used to be the Northgate Mall. I I don't know what's left there. I haven't been there yet, but can't wait to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's uh, a store there. Um, That's where people are going to be going to pick up their jerseys and stuff if you ordered them in advance or whatever um and there's a bar right i mean cracking bar and grill cracking bar and grill so um you can go there and uh learn how to skate you can do public free skate um i don't know if you're going to be able to skate on the same ice as, as the kraken but uh, i don't know if they keep I that would not private, doubt it. But... i wouldn't yeah. doubt it actually yeah so i mean it's pretty exciting we've we've touched on some of this stuff before about all the cool things that the Kraken are doing in the community. And this is just further, you know, um, kind of proof of that. I mean, obviously they needed a practice facility, but they spent a lot of time and energy making it a place for the community to gather, um, you know, in, in all facets, you know, have a drink, have a, you know, a meal, go skate, you know, go to the team store. So, I can't think of a more perfect first date than going out to the ice rink, putting on them skates, taking a few laps around the ice, and then going out to the bar and grill for an ice-cold pint and a burger. That just, it doesn't sound like it gets any better than that. What? Not to me, anyway. Skating, skating around to the music? Friends can listen to Endless Love in the Dark. Hmm. <laughs> when, when I was learning to skate, it was... uh. You used to call me on my cell phone <laughs> late night when you need my love. It was Drake. That's what was playing when I was learning to skate every like three nights a week. Yep. Wow. They, they would crank it, and I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. That's what I learned to skate to. Wow, that's cool. I was like, I don't remember. It, we had an out, <laughs> we had an outdoor rink, so there wasn't a lot of music like pumping, mm. and I mm. learned to skate playing hockey so i mean that to me it was like the best you know because you can just fall as much as you want and when you're a kid you're already made of rubber and then you add like a layer of pads and you're like yeah right no i was like 35 so 
<laughs> it was uh, the black light skates at the Shoreline Ice Rink, and the place was kind of dumpy, but you you know you, you go there three nights a week and you learn to love it. Awesome. That's it. So moving on, we're going to talk about the Seattle Kraken and their land and people's acknowledgement statement. Coming from the Seattle Kraken, they, they recently posted this statement that says the Seattle Kraken acknowledges that we are on the homelands of the Coast Salish peoples and continue to steward these lands and waters as they have since time immemorial. We recognize Washington's tribal nations and native organizations who actively create, shape, and contribute to our thriving communities. The Seattle Kraken are committed to doing our part to engage with and amplify the voices of native peoples and tribes. Hopefully I read that correctly. <laughs> I think you did. I think it's a great statement. A lot I of people do. And I think uh, what it stemmed from was a lunch that some of the uh, some of the Kraken executives had with uh, some of the local tribal members. And, you know, they, they talked about it and they said, this is what we're going to do. And um, what came from that lunch is this statement. And they developed it over six months with input from a number of Coast Salish tribal members, including Leonard Forsman, chairman of the Suquamish tribe since 2005. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Eric Pettigrew said, we are working to get young people to the rinks. He's the Kraken VP of Government Relations and Outreach. And he said it during a presentation about youth hockey and figure skating programs that will provide access to equipment to kids as needed. We intend to more than just develop hockey players. We ultimately want to help develop good people who know what happened before them and who will work hard to move the next generation forward. So it just seems like one more really great thing that the Kraken is doing in the community. Yeah, Back yeah. You, I mean, Katie. these huge, you know, corporations. I mean, let's be honest. This is the NHL. Yeah, big time um, sports team. This is, you know, the Seattle Kraken. They're a, a giant machine, you know, and they didn't have to do this at all. And they went out um, into the local uh native community um and and made a commitment um uh to work with them and and uh be open and and so i think like you said it's another great thing that they're doing in the community and i think the main thing about this is you know we as fans and and people who consume the team as it were you know uh, who buy the goods and things like that, um, which support the team, of course, have to kind of make sure that this isn't just a statement and it's a call to action, you know? So um, <laughs> they're certainly doing all sorts of things, um, working with native artists. I know there's a native artist that has a, you know, a, a sculpture, sculpture in front of the new yeah. Iceplex. So um, they continue to do these things. And, and I, I just want to continue to watch this sort of thing and say, hey, are we following through with action on this? And um, Absolutely. It, you know. I think the idea of getting 
hockey equipment to kids who want to play or figure skating equipment to kids who want to skate is is huge especially under you know to the to the native tribes and and people who you know yeah providing access right otherwise have access to those things it's great absolutely agreed so like i said we'll just continue to watch it and see this grow and hopefully flourish so it's amazing that's what's cracking in the community yeah i love it what what the what the puck we're here we've reached what the puck what the puck you know i don't know why people are surprised but the secondary market for tickets is crazy you know i've seen the prices out there um so i know you know two thousand dollars for a hockey game yep yeah that opening night one thousand dollars for a hockey game yep yep so it's it's crazy but boy it's but uh that's supply and demand right i mean that's true inaugural season yeah you know everybody's excited about the the fervor you know everybody's foaming at the mouth to go to these games let me just tell you let me tell you a quick story that'll settle everybody down about all this okay everybody's tickets are really 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 expensive until they haven't sold them the night of the show, okay? There's a band that I used to like. They were called the Dead Milkmen. Never got to see them. And then found out that they were playing at this local place called El Corazon. And uh, my girlfriend at the time was out of town. I was all on my own. I said, you know what? I'm going to go down there and check it out. Knowing that it was a sold-out show, I didn't have a ticket. There's no way that I was going to get in. But I was going to go anyway and check it out. And I stood outside. And finally, this lady came. She was like, I got extra tickets. You want to buy one? Because I, I was standing there, you know, saying, hey, I'm looking for tickets. I'm looking for tickets to pretty much everybody outside. And she sold me a ticket for 30 bucks, which is, you know, face value. And I got in. It was one of the best concerts I ever saw in my life. And so, you know, there's plenty of apps for that. You don't want to pay the full price for the ticket. You get on that right app and you find that right secondhand ticket that's day of the game. I guarantee you'll catch a break. Yeah. I mean, it is supply and demand. That's what it is. It, there, That's not going to help you when you're in there and you're paying $10 for a beer, $12 for a beer, $15 for a pretzel, $40 for a hot dog, and $250 for a sweater. Yeah. So, I mean, you can complain about the price of these things all you want, but boy, oh boy, let me tell you, it ain't going to get any cheaper. Right, at least not this season. No, sir. Yeah, and no, sir. And, we start looking like the Buffalo Sabres. Things <laughs> are gonna get a lot cheaper around here. <laughs> right. There will be, like Doug said, there will be plenty of opportunity. Um, I think if you're patient, uh, you'll be able to go to one of these games, and you won't have to pay an arm and a leg. But right now, I mean, it's peak. It's you know peak ferocity. And what do you we're what at do you terminal velocity an arm and here. A leg. What do you consider an arm and a leg too? Because I just went online and found the the preseason tickets for that showwear center game in Kent against the Flames, and they were one hundred and thirty dollars a piece, right? So I think what we're saying is you know you're gonna get a chance to go to these games, so stay patient, relax, and stay just remember legend. what it's worth to you. Get on those apps that sell those secondhand tickets the night of the game. 
Yep. Because because that's what'll happen. People will have tickets to a game they can't go to, and they'll get desperate. And if you're right there ready to buy them, okay. Well, we've touched on that. Maybe we better move on. I think uh, the next one, you know, this is kind of about the team and. You know, I don't know how you feel about this, Doug, but it's just kind of one of these interesting things. I just, you know, I'm not in the room, so I don't know what the scouts are doing and, and what the GM saying, you know, what Ron Francis is, is thinking. But it's just kind of interesting to me, you know, some it's of the things that have happened with Perplexing. the, the ex- expansion draft. So, um, you know, we, we drafted Vitek Vanacek, um, who then we traded immediately traded back for, I think a six round pick or something like that. Um, we drafted John Quinville, Gavin Bayruther and, uh, Dennis Chalowski. Um, and the three players I mentioned before Chalowski are not with the team. Uh, and Chalowski, we just finally signed to a contract right here before, before we start, um, training camp. So, you know, what is the thought process? Um, and why is it that you don't just sign these players, you know, or, or if, you know, Gavin Bayruther, you know, is not your guy, then why not pick somebody else from the team, you know? Um, so, you know, you, and you what make happens some... with him now, what happens with him now? you don't sign him. I think one of these guys went right back to the team that they were. That's it. They're just uh, Quinville's back in Chicago. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just Hmm. back to the team he was with. So um, it's just an interesting little thing that I don't understand. And I think it's worth mentioning. Like this is about normally. Yeah. I I mean, obviously you don't, you don't have expansion drafts, but to me, it just seems like a wasted pick. Um, So, you know, Ron, if you're out there and you want to come on the show and, you know, tell me, Explain I'm yourself. Idiot, tell me I'm an idiot and I don't understand, you know, what's, what's going on in the world of hockey and these things happen, you know, then, uh, you know, feel free. I, I'd love to hear I from mean, you. I looked through some of those rosters. There was a couple teams where it was like, yeah, I wouldn't want to pick anybody from this team. So, right. oh, okay. <laughs> That's fair. I we did. I know we did say that, but come on. Like, <laughs> You know, you pick the guy, you know, sign him, do something. Uh, get I mean, him, sign him, him the... and send him to the minors or something. Yeah, let him Trade lace him up the skates. And... Like you did with Vanacek. That was a yeah. great plan. Yeah, at least with with Vitek, you go, okay, we got we got Grubauer. So, hey, let's trade him back and get some capital for him. But with these yeah. other guys, it's like, hey, right. what? I don't know. So anyway, just a little quirky thing worth mentioning, like what the puck is going on. But uh, what the puck is going on in Russia? Yeah, let's talk about that. We want to end what the puck on a hilarious note. So <clears throat> there's a Russian hockey league and a specific team, um, the Russian Ice Hockey Club, AK Bars, are uh, facing some backlash. <laughs> Because they've gotten rid of their cheerleaders, the Bar Angels. Um, and the rumor is it's because they're making the uh, players' wives jealous. So what do you think about that, Doug? You get rid of the Bar's Angels because they make the players' wives jealous. Boy. 
I mean, I almost don't even want to tell you what I think about it because I don't want those wives to be mad at me now. <laughs> Russian wives mad at you? Yeah, I think you're right. No. I wouldn't want that either. I don't know who's listening. Don't call me. Don't at me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, they, um, you know, they said they want to focus on a more family-friendly atmosphere at games. Um, so they're getting rid of uh, the angels, the bar angels. Um, but, you know, of course, the cheerleading squad is saying, you know, that it's unfair. You know, it's not throughout the whole league. It's just specific to the AK bars. Um, so it's these specific ladies that, wow. you know, this team doesn't like, which is where obviously this room is <laughs> coming from. You know, so uh, either either the the bars angels are just like over the top. They're raising uh, the bar with their with their you know R rated uh, antics and are not being family friendly at the games and as like the only uh, cheerleading squad in the whole league, or the players' wives are reacting. I mean, or the players' wives are, you know, taking offense at something that is widely accepted throughout the league. And not only that league, but many other leagues. Right. So, I mean, you could you could make the argument that say, you know, these these ladies, these ladies, the bar angels get to be kind of up close and more personal with the hockey players because of you know close proximity and probably promotion stuff where they are you know on the ice with each other who knows and so it creates a little jealousy but that sounds like a personal problem i mean what okay so what 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 if these were the what if it was the seattle seahawks cheerleaders like you know is any it is any cheerleading squad susceptible now or what's the you know like what are we doing yeah yeah i mean i will I can remember the very first, when I moved to Chicago from New York, the guys that I lived with took me to see the Chicago Bulls. And uh, the one thing I remember about that game is the the Lovables, the Chicago Lovables. And that was the cheerleading squad. And I didn't see a problem with them, honestly, then. I don't see a problem with them now. And I don't think I ever will, to be honest with you, JB. Yeah, I mean, they bring, you know, an added energy. You can talk about whether you want, you know, I want to purely be about the game or whatever. I but get it. Too, it's about a, everything else that's going on. but It's a whole environment, you know, and that's, I think that's part of it. And, you know, I didn't grow up in Russia, so I don't know about their specific culture, how they do things, but I mean, pretty much every sport when I was growing up, you know, playing in school, there was a cheerleading squad to help the crowd, especially if you're not great, <laughs> like, you know, and keep, some keep some these, pep and noise some in the of crowd. The schools have guys on the cheerleading squad too. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, it's a whole nother sport, whether you like to admit it or not. Yep. You know, and it takes athletics and coordination and all sorts of other stuff that, you know, a lot of people might see pretty girls in skimpy outfits and want to judge, but maybe save the drama for your mama. 
right? Agreed. JB? Yeah. I agree. That's what I think. That's my take yeah. on it. So, you know, um, you know, reach out to us. You, if you have an opinion about this whole ice hockey cheerleaders, AK bars, uh, bars, angels situation, you know, let us know what you think. Cause uh, you know, we'd be interested to see how many people fall on, on what side there. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, that's, um, that's what the puck, you know? So another, uh, another fun one in the books, Doug. That's it. Episode four. As always, the Kraken Captains would like to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to another episode. Let us know your thoughts. Follow us on social media. Drop us a line. Let us know what you want to know about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Thanks again, and we'll see you right back here for the next episode real soon. Cheers. Hello out there. We're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game.